Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. It's a Handicapping Tuesday coming to your airwaves on Wednesday, and I'm Scott Pianowski, your co-host. We will get to my buddy Frank Schwab, handicapper to the stars in a minute. You know him over at Yahoo Sportsbook Daily and covering all things NFL. What a man he is. Before we get to that, let me sure you know what's going on at BetMGM. If you don't have a BetMGM account, it's a great time to get one. You can place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. If that bet loses, you can get that bet amount back up to $1,000 added to your account. In free bets, you must be 21 years of age or older in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming only. In terms do apply, go to betmgm.com slash yahoo to get started, or you can use the promo code yahoo when making that first deposit. Okay, without any further ado, we teased them earlier, Mr. Frank Schwab. Aloha. Hey, what's going on, Scott? It's uh, it's nice to talk football, although... Can't lie, a little uh, earlier this week, a little bit of a black cloud hanging over the games with all these COVID tests. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, we, th- we thought we were through with the buys and get on to the fantasy playoffs, but it looks like a monster COVID week. There's already been a bunch of uh, disclosures with COVID. More are coming. Um, according to Adam Schefter, the league received over 60 positive tests from players on Monday and Tuesday. So this is going to be, when you combine that with the fact that we have Monday, we have Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday games this week. So this, this is going to be a week where you need to be engaged as much as you can to get the latest news. And it's, you know, it, it is what it is. It's, it's going to be, we always talk about survive in advance. I mean, this is, survive is really the key word. You're going to survive to your fantasy championship this year, and you're going to have to be ready to make quick moves. Um, and you may be playing some very unusual guys that you're not used to. And it's also going to be a challenge for the handicapping side of it. We'll do the best we can. Again, we're taping this about 4 o'clock Eastern on Tuesday. So, you know, there may be stuff dated in this podcast, just the way the NFL is. It's a 24-7 news cycle now. And keep that in mind. We do have a really good Thursday game, as usual. We'll start with the standalone games, and we'll try to give you the filet cut of the Sunday games, go through the rest of the Sunday slate. So that Thursday game I talked about, uh, probably an AFC West championship game. The Chargers have already beaten the Chiefs once, and then now they redo the matchup. They meet again. The Chiefs are three-point favorites at L.A., where the Chargers famously have no home field advantage. The total is 51.5. This would be seven wins in a row if the Chiefs can pull it off. Uh, Chris Jones of the Kansas City is on the COVID list. Not sure if Austin Eckler will be available. What's your first read on LAC and KC? 
Yeah, I was immediately all about Kansas City. I just I do think they're playing better. Uh, I don't think you're paying too much here as far as the price goes. You know, I mean, I, I don't know that I, I'd like to see them have an offensive explosion against somebody other than Raiders, but still give them credit. They're playing better. The Chargers is they're tough to trust. But I mean, this is going to be a theme. We're going to talk about this a lot. The Chris Jones news. He's on the COVID list. That that has to be added to the math. Look how look how bad their defense was early in there. And Chris Jones kind of playing out of position, playing outside. They move him inside. Their entire defense changes. He's that kind of difference maker. He really is. He's one of the 10, 15 real true difference makers on defense in the NFL. And, you know, what happens with him? I don't know. I, I If he's out and, you know, for Thursday game, I, I don't know if he's vaccinated or not. I don't know all the details on whether he can get the two negative tests within 24 hours, whether he would even test negative in, twice in 24 hours. So if we could just go on as if he's going to be out, it makes it a lot tougher to take the Chiefs. I still probably will lean that way, but I, I think you have to take everything into account, including Eckler, who I think is going to play. I mean, it sounds like it. My My fantasy teams sure hope so. But, uh, yeah, a lot of quite like we start off the week with just as you kind of throw up your hands and say, uh, how, uh, how can we even handicap this on a Tuesday? Because there's so much news that's going to come out in the next 48 hours. Yeah, you know, I, I would have if, if not for the COVID stuff, I probably would have led with the fact that favorites dominated. In oh, week yeah. 14. I'm an underdog guy. I, somehow I made money last last week, Frank. I think it's because I was more prop driven than side driven because in a week where I think three underdogs covered what was it? the. Um, the Ravens miraculously got a cover against the yeah, Browns. And then the Falcons. Falcons and the Rams were mild yeah, upset winners. Yeah, That's yeah, it. Yeah. Every other favorite ticket you you punched won. Every favorite tease that you played won. The, you know, every square play you could have possibly made. It was the greatest week. You know, if you're a favorite player, if you're a tease player with favorites, you are laughing all the way to the bank as long as you didn't have the Browns. And you know, I mean, the the Falcons and Rams wins, it's not like they were major upsets. It's not like right. anybody was shocked by that stuff. So I'm I'm a little bit staggered. I, I like to be over 500 in the Rotowire staff picks every year. Usually am. Now I got, I got to make a rally in the next few weeks. I'm leaning Chargers here, but not with a lot of conviction. They have no home field advantage. Kansas City's fixed their defense, even if Jones can't go. I mean, it, we were talking a, a month into the season. This looks like a historical bad defense. So what, you know, it's like get, get out the list of like the worst defenses in history. Kansas City might be part of it. And the thing that shocks me, if you had told me, if I'd gone away for two months, you'd say, oh, yeah, Kansas City fixed their season. I'd be like, oh, Mahomes the MVP favorite, you know, Tyreek Hill going crazy, Kelsey doing Kelsey things. No, none of that is happening. As you said, uh, we'd like to see the offense play well on somebody not named the Las Vegas Raiders, who they, they seem to know whatever to do against those guys. Nice job, by the way, Raiders, you know, stomping on the logo and oh, yeah. doing your If you're going to do that, you can't lose, be, be down 35 steps at the half. Right, don't, yeah. Don't that game that was team. over in, like, in what, what, 15 seconds? So it was yeah. first play. From yeah, oh, yeah, first play. First play. Down. Jacobs fumbles. They take it the other way, and it's like, oh, okay, the Raiders are going to get blown yeah, I should have lied any Kansas City. The moment I saw that, I should have lied back Kansas City. Swallowed the points, but... I'm going to lean Chargers here. I reserve the right to change my mind. You know, I was excited when I saw two Saturday games. I, I like when the NFL shifts to a Saturday model. But unfortunately, this first game, Raiders at Browns, is just a mess right now because the Browns are in absolute COVID hell. Jarvis Landry's not going to go. All three of their tight ends right now are in the COVID protocol and just basically their entire starting offensive line. The four or five alt linemen, I believe, are in the COVID protocol right now, too. So I don't know what version of the Browns we're getting right now. I'm surprised the line's still up at most books. I, I think BetMGM is currently showing Browns minus three over the Raiders, which I guess is a comment on how bad the Raiders looked last week and and recently. If you threw out the Thanksgiving game, the Raiders have done nothing right for about a month. 
Totals 42 and a half. Actually, I, I kind of shade under on that. I think the Stefanski, Stefanski, I think, is on the COVID list too. I think the Cleveland game plan is going to be, let's you know maybe play the Belichick Army-Navy game from a couple weeks ago. Let's just hand off the ball 37 times in a row. Uh, so I, I kind of like the under here, even though it's a really small number. Uh, what do you feel about the side, Vegas and Cleveland, Saturday? Yeah, and they don't even have Kareem Hunt. That's just an injury. That's not a, a COVID right. thing. So you talk about want to hand it off every down. Well, Nick Chubb better buckle up because, I mean, I know they got the artist too behind him. But, yeah, I, I how could you take the browser with any confidence right now? I think if you want to get the Raiders, do it now. I mean, because I, I don't know that the news gets a ton better. It just stinks. Like, I, like I, I, you know, we're talking handicapping. It's supposed to be fun. But, like, it's just so, like, it's such a beatdown right now mentally to be like, you thought we were past this. We thought we're not going to have to deal with any, you know, uh, the, with, the, with the Broncos playing Kendall Hinton, the quarterback type of stuff. But here we are. The Browns are, are in the spot. Like, it's, it stinks for them because if you look at their remaining schedule, they should be the favorite to win that division, I, just based on the schedule. Really, I, I think they they could overtake the Ravens by the end of the year, but you know they might lose this game I, just because we saw that last year when they went to the Jets and no receivers whatsoever. They they lose the really really bad Jets team. Jets like second one in a row, I think it was, and this is, has similar vibes to it. Where you're right, like I, I should be excited for a pretty whatever Saturday game, but it's still Saturday game. That's always kind of cool. I remember that from my childhood when, oh wow, there's Saturday game, and now we're just gonna watch a Saturday game where the the story's COVID. Like, uh, okay, uh, okay, well, let's try to figure this out. Let's try to maybe you know take advantage of it. I guess is is as awful as that sounds from a betting standpoint. So I think if I think taking the Raiders plus three right now makes sense to me. I mean, I, I, we don't know who's gonna be playing for the Browns. They might they seriously might have to sign guys off the street. Uh, it's it's it might get that bad there. If I gave you a free mortgage payment bet, let's just assume, I don't know what the odds are right now. Let's just assume everybody's at the same odds. And I said, you have to pick a winner of the AFC North. Oof. Who would you pick? I And if you would ask me a few hours ago, it would have been the Browns. Uh, right now, with uh, kind of assuming they lose this game, I guess you got to go back to the Ravens. I don't love that. I, I don't think Lamar might be right the rest of the year uh, based on uh, how he's feeling. Uh, so I guess I'd go Ravens if I had to. I have no idea. I don't know if you have a strong feeling on that. I mean, every team looks broken, right? I mean, yeah, I can't remember the last time the Ravens played a game that made me feel good. Pittsburgh, right. who thought Pittsburgh's defense would collapse? I know it's partially injury related, but they can't stop anything. Right. Ben Roethlisberger has turned into this 45 minute terrible or, you know, 40 minute terrible, 20 minute great quarterback so the last weird, few yeah. weeks. So strange. I, I heard you talking on a fantasy. So I heard you talking about the on a fantasy podcast about that, and it's true. It's like, what what do they need to do? They, they you know tell them the games at uh, two hours before it is. And it's like, hypnotize them. Right? Used, so, yeah, used to be you had to hypnotize him, convince him he was at home. Right. Now you have to <laughs> hypnotize him and convince him that it, it's the fourth quarter, Ben. You're down by seventeen. Your legacy's on the line. You you have to throw for two hundred and forty <laughs> yards in the next twenty minutes. You can do this. Deontay Johnson is open. Crazy. Who would you pick? I mean, I think the, by the way, the one factor that that does linger for me in my mind is that the Bengals already won at the Ravens and they have the rematch at home so if they can win that and sweep they're probably in the driver's seat who do you like to win the division I want to believe in the Bengals kind of like I want to believe in the Chargers um right I don't know I they got a tough game this week we'll talk about it it's a it's one of those games it's kind of a crossroads for both of those teams yeah one of the signature games we talked about the Chiefs and the Chargers a lot in the line there it's the same thing Saturday night both teams coming off the bye. The Patriots, we last saw them. Uh, again, the Army-Navy win at Buffalo. They're at Indianapolis, but the Colts are two-point favorites at Bet MGM. The total is 45-and-a-half. This would be eight wins in a row for New England. They're going up against Jonathan Taylor, who's having a signature season. Man, 
how can you pick between Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup, Offensive Player of the I Year? Know. Right. Right. We know yeah. the MVP has become Best Quarterback Award. But although, who knows, maybe maybe Taylor or Cup could sneak into that too. I don't think so, but you never know. But I don't see a way to differentiate these two guys. Uh, so you can talk about that if you like and uh, give us a side between the Pats and Colts. I was shocked by this line, to be honest. Just not because it's necessarily unfair, but I didn't think public perception would allow for the Colts to be a two-point favorite here. Uh, you, you put that out there, and I think every casual better is saying, well, the Patriots have won a million games in a row. We just watched them on, on Monday night, and everybody's praising Belichick for that game plan. And now you're going against a 7-6 and six Colts team, and Carson Wentz, how's he going to beat them? That might not be wrong. I, I, I do kind of like the Colts here. I think they're built really well. I think that they could compete in this game. I think it's a really tough test for Mac Jones. The Colts have already come out and said, hey, we're going to try to stop their running game. That's what they do well. We're going to try to take it away. And they do kind of have the personnel to, to do that, to dictate a little bit of this game. It's a fascinating game. It really is. I, I'm leaning the Colts. I, I, you know, when I, even when I saw this line, I was like, wow, Patriots underdogs after all they've done. But then you start really thinking it through. And I think the Colts might be the right side here. I think that they're, they're just a really good football team. It's not as, you know, they've lost a lot of close games. That's on them. I'm not trying to excuse that, but I think there's a quality football team that, that's better in its record, and it, it, it's at home, and this is a really big game for their their playoff lives, really. Yeah, I wonder, Bill Parcells used to say he tended to side with the team that was more desperate, and this is, if the Colts don't win this game, they're in big trouble. So maybe just, just, just more chips in the middle of the pot for the right. Colts in this game. And the, I, I by lose. the way, the Patriots, they're, they're oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but the Patriots urgency kind of goes down because the Bills lost, right? Like, I, I mean, now you got a two-game lead, and it's this is not a do-or-die game for the Patriots at all, at all. Yeah, I have to lean Indianapolis for that reason, although betting against Bill Belichick tends to be right. terrifying. Do you have a read in this Taylor Cup thing? Which way do you think that's going to go? It's hard because every time you watch him play, it's like you watch Cooper Cup last night, and you're, and you're like, well, he's got to win, right? And then, well, then, you know, we might see Jonathan Taylor on Saturday go for 100 and something and say, well, how can you vote against that guy? I mean, he's he's got, a, I think, a pretty clear lead in yards. I think he still leads in touchdowns. But Cooper Cup is doing historic stuff at receiver. I lean Taylor. I might be biased with my Wisconsin ties there, but uh, I don't know. It could go either way. To me, it's 50-50 right now. I'm predicting that Peter King will actually split his vote and, and vote half for <laughs> Cup and, and half for and maybe Cardinal Lake gets Jonathan Taylor. Right? Right. By the right. way, Favre, so Favre, 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 in '97, Brett Favre had to split MVP with Barry Sanders because uh, I think Peter King either split his vote or he picked he just straight up voted for Carnell Lake and Favre was really I, that covered the Packers shortly after that. It was a pretty it was a pretty funny story on a beat that Favre always would always complain to Peter King about voting for Carnell Lake. There's a great NFL, there's a great website that has the NFL voting results for MVP, the, the AP award, which is accepted general M MVP of the NFL. And I, this is something I've, this has been a pet peeve of mine for years. I wish the MVP voting, or actually all football voting for that matter, would go to a tiered system where you pick, you know, a first, second, third, or even right. like five guys. And the reason why is because, like, you think of baseball, okay? When, when you vote for the MVP in baseball, you vote for 10 guys, 1 through 10. And what happens is you get this wonderful grid of, like, 32 players, and it's descriptive of the season. And it, you know, if somebody finished 7th in the MVP voting or 11th in the MVP voting or 4th in the MVP voting, it means something. Where in the NFL, where you only vote for one guy, it doesn't give us a snapshot of the season. And so um, there's some interesting 
I like to look back on it, you know, guys who finished second. You know, the year Burt Jones won the MVP, Jack Lambert was second. I think Randall Cunningham. Oh, is that was right? MVP. I didn't know. That. Wow. Yeah, you were talking about Randall Cunningham on Twitter earlier this week. His uh, video game prowess. He was second second in the MVP voting three different times. I think he might have won. I want to say the Burt Bell Award, which is kind of one of the lesser. Most outstanding player awards. Um, I think he's one of those players who's won the Burt Bell Award, but not won. I, I think that's correct. Not won the MVP. But I know he was second three different times. This is what I do when when I can't sleep at night. You know, I, I tweeted earlier this week. I couldn't sleep. I watched an Electric Company um, documentary. If I'm not watching Electric Company documentaries, I'm watching like I'm looking at old MVP voting <laughs> and trying to figure out. You know, how, how did Jeff Burroughs win the 1974 AL MVP or stuff like that, or you know, Randall Cunningham in the 90s stuff like that. I, I still think you and I still think Drew Brees should have been MVP the year Peyton Manning won in 2009. Of course, Brees had the last laugh that year, winning the World Championship. And but, I'll 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 say that. The, you the had a one, vote that year, right? You voted for Breeze. I did. I voted for Breeze that year. The one vote that still sticks with me and kind of made me be very, very cynical about that award was when J.J. Watt didn't win. When it was just like, well, Aaron Rodgers had a pretty good year. Let's give it to him. When J.J. Watt did everything that year, he was easily football's best player. And that was kind of the moment where you say, okay, nobody but quarterback can win anymore. That It's just, why do we even just make it a, just name it the quarterback award? Like, let's let's get rid of all the, the pretenses. Like, it is a quarterback award. Nobody else can ever win it. Yeah, the problem is the word valuable because then it comes a treatise on what is your version yeah, of valuable. Right, and right. If, if somebody a million years ago had just said forever, it will be most outstanding player, then right. J.J. Watt would have been, he was the most outstanding player in football this year and he would have won. But because it's valuable, and we all know that court, the quarterback is the most valuable, the quarterback is the one player who, who swings a line. You know, if, if Aaron Donald can't play for the Rams, there's not a five-point line movement as great as Aaron, Aaron Donald is. So anyway, that's the uh, award tangent that I know you all wanted. Let's get to <laughs> Sunday Night Football. This is a good one. Uh, the Saints, who beat the Buccaneers the last time they met. Now Tampa Bay gets a rematch. Ten-and-a-half-point favorites, Tampa Bay. Uh, is in this game, 46.5 total. Tom Brady, I think now minus odds to win MVP. This would be five wins in a row for the Bucks. You would think Tampa Bay gets revenge here, but 10 and a half is a lot of points to swallow. Is Taysom Hill uh, capable of covering on Sunday night? Uh, maybe. Again, the second straight week, I'm going to ask this question. We're in the flex season. Why is this game still on Sunday night? Why? Like, we want to see the They're going to get a big number for Brady, right? Uh, I hate that. I really do. Anyway... You know, the Saints did beat this team, and you're putting up a big number here. I'm not saying that it matches up well because Tampa Bay famously stops the run, and that's pretty much all Saints got at this point with their quarterback leading a run game. It, it, so it, it worries me to take the Saints, but yet I think that's the only side you can take. I think that we, we've already watched this team match up pretty well against the Bucks. Their defense is legit. Uh, maybe they can run the ball a little bit. Uh, we saw Josh Allen get 100 last week. Maybe Taysom can do something similar. I'll take the Saints, but it's kind of an uneasy pick. And I, one, I might change my Sunday. It's just, it's not very comforting to take the Saints team lately. I, I can only think of how Tom Brady must laugh thinking about the receivers he was throwing to in New England at the end of his career. And now he's throwing to, he, he has such an unbelievable yeah. chemistry with Godwin and Evans. And he's always had it with Gronkowski. I mean, some of those catches, that that touchdown he threw to Evans in the left corner of the end zone, oh, so where the, co- the the defensive coverage was perfect, but there's no defense for a perfectly executed play. Godwin's been out of his mind for several weeks. 
putting up monster numbers. And and Gronkowski always looks like he looks like a high school senior who's been put into like a, a middle school game and he's trying as hard as he can. You know, he's just bigger than everybody else. Yeah. And you know, Fournette's had a really nice season. They have a very good offensive line. You know, the defense is what it is. They stop the run. You can't throw on them. They've obviously had secondary injuries, but it's um I mean at this point I don't I don't know what's gonna keep Brady from the MVP. It's just ten and a half is right, a lot of points right. to swallow. I, I, I would think a lot of people are probably gonna try to get exotic with this, maybe tease Tampa Bay with something. Do you think the Saints how live are the Saints is actual an upset choice here? Do you think they have a legitimate chance to pull an upset? Probably not. Mm, not much. I mean a little you have to say a little bit because they already beat them once with Trevor Simeon. So it's possible and it seems like the Saints have done well against you know i mean the last i think they've won three in a row in a regular season against uh brady so they're they're a little bit live i mean for as much as a 10 point 10 and a half point underdog can be i think that at least you know you can't you can't just chalk this up as throw this on every money line parlay you got in the world because i, I think the saints have a little bit of a shot and they're also as we know very live in the playoff hunt uh, right now it looks oh, like yeah. a team with a losing record may make the nfc playoffs or you know at best Nine and eight. I man, I wish they'd go back to sixteen games. Expansion the day I made stinks. NFL commissioner, Playoff expansion stinks. It's they so will bad. lop off. They will lop off the the seventh team. They will lop yeah. off the seventeenth game. I don't understand why they still go to a two buy model. You can have an extra week of programming, and yet yeah. no extra tax on the players. You can fool around with that Thursday scheduling where you can get some buys tied to that, and then, and then that's not as you know taxing physically and, and mentally because I think everybody sees that it's not the ideal product, but. They are not consulting me on such things. They did not consult me on the Bears and Vikings on Monday night, but that's the game we got. You can't flex a Monday night game, so we have to watch it. The Vikings are three-and-a-half-point favorites at Chicago. The total is 44-and-a-half. Primetime Kirk, primetime Nagy. What do you think, Frank? Uh, you talked about favorites winning uh, big time last week, and we talked about it last Tuesday of uh, there's a group of teams that just seems to be drawing dead, and they're just going to get – the heck beat out of them most weeks the rest of the year. And I, I wrote about it this morning saying of there's six basically bad teams in the NFL who have, I believe it's four or fewer wins. It's the bears. It's the two New York teams, Jaguars, Houston. Uh, there's somebody Detroit, Detroit's the other one of those teams. The last two weeks in 12 possible games, there was 11 double digit losses. There was a one and 11 record against the spread. The only time any of those teams covered was the Lions who were chasing their first win, and then they got their first win and dropped an absolute egg at Denver because they had they missed a lot of guys. But what do they got to play for the rest of the way? And I think it fits. Like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe these underdogs are going to start popping up and having value and all that kind of stuff. But if you think about it, a lot of these teams have lamed up coaches. A lot of these teams they're, they're done. They have nothing to play for. A lot of these organizations don't really want to win, right? Like they're they're like, yeah, okay, maybe we can move up a draft spot or so. They're going to get looks at younger guys, like. The and injury stuff like the Giants. Why are the Giants by Daniel Jones at this point? Like it's going to be Mike Clinton the rest of the way. I, I so I think when you're looking at you know I, I'm an underdog better too, but I think when you're looking at this point in the season, you have to factor in motivation. You have to factor in where a team is now. Playing on Monday night might get the Bears fired up. Like that might be their motivation. Hey, we can knock the Vikings out, at least back in the playoff race. We, we could impress somebody. But well enough last week, Sunday night, they, they get like five explosive plays. The Packers make a million special teams mistakes and the Bears still lose by 15. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know how I could take the Bears here. I don't really love it, but uh, I don't, you know, the Vikings will find a way to blow it late, right? So it almost seems like this is an inevitable weird Bears backdoor cover situation, but I'll still probably have to be on the Vikings just figuring uh, the Bears just might be, you know, getting ready for the end of the season now. 
Yeah, I'm leaning Chicago too. As far as talking about some of the bad teams and what do they have to play for, and maybe they'd rather lose anyway. What will happen late in the season every NFL year, it'll be the final week of the season. There'll be a team that has something to play for, a team that have nothing to play for, and the line will be jacked up. The line, right. a line that will probably normally be seven or eight will be like 12. They'll say, okay, you want the team with motivation, you're going to pay a tax for that. I thought there was going to maybe be more of a reaction to what the week we just saw. And then I realize they don't want to move too far off the look ahead lines a lot of times, unless there's been a major injury or something like that. But I suspect if you're backing favorites, especially if they have another week where favorites dominate, that we're going to see, okay, a line lines that you think would normally be in the touchdown area are going to be double digits and yeah. double digit line. It's going to be a point of, okay, you want the Jaguars, you know, you're going to get a huge amount of points. If you want to bet against them, you're going to have to carry this weight. I'm going to lean Chicago here because I just don't trust the Vikings, but not a game I'm eager to bet on, you know, Kirk Cousins, man, they, they tried, not that it was his fault that this defense couldn't stop Ben Roethlisberger, but it's just amazing. And you know, we, we have Viking friend, friends in our orbit. You know, Brandon Velasky was a Yahoo colleague of ours for several years, and he lives and dies with every Vikings game. And have you ever seen a team that was up by like 29 points and their fan base was still like mad at the <laughs> team and waiting for the right. other shoe to drop, right? Right. And it was like, that game was batty. I mean, I was on Pittsburgh. I love Pittsburgh. We talked about it. And um, it's it, it didn't take me. It was like a minute to go into game where I'm finally like, are they going to cover here? And they should have. Friermuth should have caught that ball, honestly. Like, I know Harrison Smith made a nice play, but yeah, I mean, the Vikings are just, I, I, having them as a favorite or even an underdog this year, you're just never comfortable cashing that ticket. You're just always like, what's going to happen now? So let's get to the Sunday slate. And who isn't excited about the football team? The Eagles reviewing, uh, re- renewing their NFC West, third NFC East vows, wonderful leaded by me. Uh, the line has swelled up to Eagles, four and a half point favorites, the 43.5 total. Logan Thomas has been confirmed with an ACL tear, so he's out for the year. They hope he'll be ready at the beginning of next season. We'll see about that. Uh, just when I wanted to trust the WFT, everything went wrong last week. McLaurin got hurt, not sure his status yet. T- Taylor Heineke was awful. The only reason they stayed in that game is because Dallas really didn't want to pull away either. Right. They played very poorly in the second half. The Eagles come into this game off the bye. The line opened up shorter than this, and I thought Philadelphia was a great opportunity if you got in early. But, it's again, it's four and a half now. I've been wrong on the Eagles, I feel like, every week. So uh, I'm going to lean on you, Washington, w, uh, WFT at Philly. What do you got? Uh, I think if if you're good at monitoring news and reading between the lines and all that, if if, if it's me, if I see that Taylor Heineke and Terry McLaurin are going to be okay and play in this game, I'll take I'll take Washington in the points. I, the Eagles are why are the Eagles four and a half point favorites here? What have they done? I, I mean, I know Washington looked terrible last week, but Dallas is a pretty good team, and they got up on them early, and Parsons made a couple of big plays, and you know it was kind of lights out after that. I think though, if if Look, if Heineke doesn't play, even I, I get it. Like, I mean, he's not the the world beater that you're really gonna not. You, know, you don't want to back Taylor Heineke every week. I get that, but it's still he is their starter. McLaurin is one of the better receivers in the NFL talent wise to me. If those guys play, I feel comfortable with them. If they don't, I probably will be end up on the Eagles. But I think that uh, yeah, the, the Washington had been playing pretty solid football before last week when they got steamrolled by Dallas. That Dallas loss doesn't change my opinion on them too much. They kind of are what they are. They're mediocre teams playing a little bit better, well coached, and I think the four and a half is too many. Is there one of the lesser NFC seeds, and maybe it's Minnesota, who we already talked about, that you feel is better than everybody else? You know, the Saints are in that mix, the Eagles are in that mix, WFTs in that mix. Which of those teams? Do you believe in any of those teams? Is there one team that stands out to you? 
the short answer is no, but I think the default answer has to be Minnesota. It just has to be like, it's, yeah, they have the talent. They Justin Jefferson, Dalvin cook, uh, uh, I guess a good coach of Mike Zimmer. I don't trust Kirk. I, I don't trust that team, but I mean, if you're, if you're asking me, which of these, which of these terrible teams that's going to get the seventh seed, which one do you think could win a game? I, I think, I don't think it could be any other answer other than Minnesota, unless you, Talk me into like, well, if the Eagles get a big Jalen Hurts game, if, if good Jalen shows up, okay, I can get that maybe. But other than that, I think the default has to be the Vikings. Yeah, I think they've been respected in the in the metrics too. I think football outsiders yeah. has had them above the fold most of the year. They might have been I think when the Niners and Vikings played, they were both top ten DVOA teams, even though neither team had a winning record at the point. I, th- I think maybe the Niners have graduated from that discussion. We'll get to them in a little bit. Let's talk about the Packers. Man, if you had the ability to just block out that week one game against New Orleans, they've been a terrific bet this season. Yeah. And now you're paying a point spread tax. They're going to Baltimore and spotting four and a half. You're telling me this line would be around 10 if the game was in Green Bay. I guess that's the case. We don't know yet about Jackson. I would think he'd probably play, but we don't know. Although, hey, you know, Huntley didn't look bad in a relief stint. The total's really low, 43.5. A lot of low totals this week, probably reflecting December weather and outdoors and stuff like that. What's your first look at Green Bay, Baltimore? At first glance, you're like, oh, the Ravens, that's a lot of points. It's the inflated line because the Packers have been covering so often. I think they're 11 and 2 against the spread. But then you realize how much Lamar means to this offense. He, he is their offense. I know, I know Huntley played well last week. I agree with you. I, I think he got hot. I don't think he's a good quarterback. I, we, I remember that Bears game when it seemed like they could play for years and they're not going to score. They did put together a drive late in the game, and, and that was really good for him. And he did play well last week, but I think Lamar's going to play. But here's the thing, and I talked about this with Charles the other day. It's different. Like, if you're telling me Tom Brady has an ankle injury and you hear, okay, he's going to play, I'm thinking, okay, they're going to tape it up. He's going to be fine. With Lamar with an ankle injury, it's like, can he be Lamar? Is he going to be just sitting in the pocket the whole time? Because that's not his game. That doesn't make him a great player. Uh, so I worry. Like, I, I would probably lean to the Ravens here, but I'd be worried to take them because – you might look up at that game in the first quarter and be like, Lamar can't move. What are they going to do? Like they're just kind of a conventional offense now. And that's not the way they're built. And the other thing, Baltimore is all the problems in their secondary, which even Cleveland yeah. could expose last week. Now you have Aaron Rodgers. Now, and right. we should also mention Rodgers has uh, got the toe injury. I don't think anybody's worried about him not playing, but he is playing through that. Now, again, it's, it's different because Rodgers doesn't live off his mobility the way Jackson does, but uh, to a team that doesn't have a secondary healthy, uh, good luck with Devontae Adams. They will make take deep shots with MVS. Alan Lazard had his, you know, every five or six weeks a uh, relevant game. He was pretty good last week. So you would think that Green Bay is going to score their points. I'm still leaning Ravens here just as a nod to Harbaugh and the infrastructure of, of Baltimore. And it's a lot of points to be spotting a team that isn't a punching bag. But, man, I can't remember the last time Baltimore played a good football game. Right. The Bengals, man, I told you, I, I want to believe in the Bengals. They make it hard. Um, there's a coolness factor with Burrow I like. Uh, you know, Lamar Chase, I'm, I'm never surprised when he makes a great catch. I'm never surprised when he drops the easy one. He did have two touchdowns last week. You felt like you could have had four of them. Now they go to Denver where the Broncos are 1.5 favorites. The total, another low total here, 43.5. What's your first lean on Cincinnati, Denver? You're going to have to talk me out of the Bengals because I really like them here. I, I think they're the better team. The Broncos have been good lately. Their defense is playing really well. They can run the ball. And I know people, you know, scoff and laugh at, oh, establish a run, oh, blah, blah, blah. 
but that's who they are. That's what they do well. They they take the they take a lot off Teddy's plate by just saying, Javante and Melvin are going to get 35 carries. That's our game. That's how we're going to win. Go stop it. If, if you can, you're going to beat us. I, I don't know the teams really can, though, because those two guys are really good. But I... I, I just like the Bengals. I've liked them all season. I was on them last week. They almost got home for me. Uh, I, I do like Burrow. I like all the weapons he has. I think his defense is a little up and down, but overall they're pretty good. I just think, you know, this is one of those games where, you know, one of these teams is going to be like, we're going to miss the playoffs. We we just lost against uh, you know, whoever. We're going to miss out. We're, we're screwed now. This is that kind of a crossroads game. And I just, I, I'm not ready to write off the Bengals this season. I'm not ready to say they're just, uh, you know, going to miss the playoffs. I like this team in general. I think they go get a win. But I I might just be crazy and just holding on to a couple of Bengals performances where they look like world beaters because that's kind of been the exception, not the norm this season. Yeah, I'm on the Cincinnati side too. I guess the point is I can see an upside with Cincinnati that the, the Broncos don't have. I think the Broncos are perfectly average. Right, yeah. Maybe slightly above average team. I think Cincinnati with his best foot could maybe win win a competitive division, maybe even win a playoff game. I, I just think there's more paths to winning for Cincinnati. They, they can win if Burrow plays well. They can win if Burrow doesn't play well. I, I feel like Denver's just their game is just a lot more narrow to me. I think Cincinnati has more aspects of the team. I'm going to lean Bengals here as well. Seahawks at Rams. Uh, the Rams coming off their big Monday night win, but um, they're a COVID mess right now. Odell Beckham on the COVID-19 list, uh, one of six Ram players who went on Tuesday. Though it sounds like uh, Tyler Higgins will be back. It was a false positive for him, so they will get him, but they're going to be down some personnel here. They're still three and a half point favorites over the Seahawks over at Bet MGM. Total is 47. Russell Wilson's played better of late. I guess that's a step forward. Richard Penny uh, coming off a really big game. He, he'll be the fantasy pickup darling this week if he wasn't added already. What was your first lean Seattle, Los Angeles? Uh, it, it, it's tough. It's it's one of the, again, like if you're betting this game on Wednesday because you have a crystal ball and could tell where this COVID news is going to go with the Rams, God bless you. Enjoy because I can't. I don't know. I don't know who's going to be out for them. I don't know if they're going to practice all week. We're going 2020 style where, you know, they're kind of isolated. They're going to be remote on their, their preparation this week. I don't think that's the end of the world. We don't give these guys enough credit for preparing themselves. We we think, oh, my God, they didn't practice. What are they going to do? Like, well, you know what? They're going to be fine because Matthew Stafford's been in this league for 13 years. And Cooper Cup's a really smart guy. And Van Jefferson is going to be ready to go. And so Sony Michelle. And, yeah, I mean, we, we overrate sometimes when teams get adversity like this and can't prepare like they usually do because they're pros. They, they know what to do. But on the other hand, where's this thing going? Are we going to lose more players? Like, let's say you bet on the Rams right now. Are you positive they're not going to lose five more players tomorrow? I, I can't tell you that. So I, if I have to tell you today on a Tuesday, like who do I like, I'll probably take the Rams because I don't think Seattle's out of the woods yet just because they beat the Texans. The Texans are god-awful. But I, I, I'm not going to bet the Rams right now. I, I don't know if I'm going to bet the Rams Thursday. I don't know if I'm going yeah, to bet them Sunday morning. I, I just don't know where this thing is going with them. So it's a very, very uneasy pick on the Rams. Yeah, I lean Rams too, although short week, COVID week. And I guess, I, do we give Seattle credit for their offense looking better, but against a really bad team? I mean, how, how much, right. 
how much I, I will say Russ did look better. Russ, Russ looked better. Like, there's no question. I was, you know, we had talked a couple weeks ago about, wow, Russ is really, really shaky. I think he has looked better. And I think, you know, I, we talked about fantasy implications. I think you could start Russ confidently if you don't have a better option right now. No, but I know you and I are doing that in one league. It's a deeper yeah. league. But the, the days of the, the, the Russell Wilson-Taylor Heineke debate or Jimmy Garoppolo debate are <laughs> temporarily on ice. Switch to the lightning round. We don't have to talk as long on these games. Carolina. Uh, Cam Newton, by the way, very quietly lost his last 11 starts for the Panthers. You, you know, quarterback wins came up recently on Twitter. There's a little go back. And and one of my one of my readers made a great point. I would mention the guy by name if I could remember who it was. But said, you know, quarterback wins aren't great in the micro where you can, you know, Mac Jones get a quarterback win at Buffalo. But they're really good in the macro where if you look at all the all-time winningest quarterbacks or the best winning percentages, those are generally the best quarterbacks in history, I, I don't think it's the you know, is it Cam Newton's fault they've lost eleven straight games he started in Carolina. You know, not entirely, but I mean, it's not like they really should be eight and three or something like that. I, I don't know. I it's it's not fun to see Cam Newton's career kind of end like this, but it's just hard for me to have a lot of faith in him. I'm not even sure he's going to be the starter in this game. Could be PJ Walker. They go to Buffalo, who needs a win like plasma, and, and the line represents that. Buffalo's a ten and a half point favorite. Another low total, forty three point five. What was your first kick on Carolina Buffalo? I mean, I think that strangely, the Bills are the most des- more desperate team here, and it's I, I keep writing us and saying it or whatever. It's going to sneak up on people that the Bills might make miss the playoffs. They're no lock to make the playoffs right now. They need wins badly, and this is a team they should handle. I, I I'll be on the Bills. I, I don't I don't love laying. I never love laying double digits, but I think just Panthers team is just broken. I think the whole, like, let's fire Joe Brady, that didn't do anything to help them. They're just they're just not good right now. They're just not good in any phase of the game. Even their defense has really kind of fell, fallen back, I think. Uh, I don't trust them right now. I just Nothing has looked good from the Panthers. I was on the Falcons last week. Felt really good about it. They got a pretty easy win, pretty easy cover. I, I don't know why. I, I For a guy who was on the Panthers so often the first two months of the season, I've kind of done a 180 and just been like, I don't know how I could take this team down the stretch after what I've seen. And we have seen Buffalo play the bully sometimes, right? I mean, um, they they played the Texans, beat the living snot out of them. They handled Miami before Miami kind of got their season turned around easily twice. So maybe they turn into what we were saying about the Rams a few weeks ago, where you, you put an inferior team in front of them. They take care of business, but you don't know how much you can trust them against a legitimate team. I think a lot of people are going to be looking to tease this game. Is uh, in the, the two or three team teaser will be attractive because people can't imagine. Carolina coming in here and winning a game. They may not have DJ Moore. We know they won't have McCaffrey, Chuba Hubbard, just a guy. They don't even know who their quarterback is. They may play two quarterbacks. In this game, the Jets, the New York Jets, playing Miami, one of the uh, the hottest teams in football. What a job Brian Flores has done. If they win this week, they're back to 7-7 seven and seven off a 1-7 and seven start. What an amazing turnaround. Miami's 8.5-point favorite. At BetMGM, it's a 42.5 total. I mean, the totals are just so low this week. Yeah. We don't know what Miami's going to do at running back. A lot of COVID issues there. It could be Malcolm Brown, who may be ready to come off IR. The Jets are hoping to get Michael Carter back. I have a fantasy team that would welcome that. What was your first blush on New York-Miami? Sure, and let me go back to something we, I talked about earlier, which is going to be a theme for me these last few weeks. When I talk about these bad, these group of bad teams, six basically, there's going to be times when it's just like, there's too many points. It's still like, I don't feel comfortable. I'm not rushing to the window 
to bet Miami minus eight and a half just because I think the Jets have kind of mailed it in this season. I get that there's going to there's gonna be some times when these lines are just too big and you got to avoid them. All I'm saying with these teams, these six really, really bad teams, beware. Just think, oh, eight and a half with the Jets, sure. The, the Jets might go out and lose this game by 31. Like, they, they it, it, would it shock you if this game was... 31 to 3? Like, no, of course not. The Jets are really, really bad at football. Zach Wilson's a, an issue, honestly. I don't, I don't, I, I'm worried about him. Let's put it that way. Uh, I don't think they're well coached. Uh, I don't think their defense is worth anything and can stop anybody. Uh, but, you know, I mean, do I love the idea of Miami minus eight and a half? Like, they're a pretty mediocre team, and eight and a half's a lot. So I can't say I love it. I'll, I'll be on the Dolphins and, you know, the pick em pools me and you are in, but. I'm not saying I probably will tease them, but I'm not sitting here saying go and bet everything you got on the Jet, on the Dolphins minus eight and a half because the Jets stink. I'm just saying if you're going to back the Jets, at least think twice before you go to the window. I mean, because this team just looks like it, it looks like it, it has a, a couple tea times for the Monday after the season already. It, it, it doesn't look good for them at all. I mean, this is screaming for a teaser. You, you, the six point teaser, you get past the seven. The four, the three, the six, you know, you get past all the key numbers, right? The Stanford Wong tees. So if you can find another team that makes sense, I would think that's the way to go, especially now, because I, I would I would think by Sunday, this line could easily be nine, nine and a half or ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I assume. I, I mean, who wants to bet the Jets right now? They're terrible. Well, who wants to bet the uh, Detroit Lions? They're at home <laughs> uh, catching 13 and a half to Arizona. Who lost on Monday and you know, not sure who's going to be available. James Conner. Got dinged up late in that game, headed for an MRI. DeAndre Hopkins got dinged up late in that game. He's headed for an MRI. He doesn't have a 100-yard game this season, which is just amazing to me. Even Kyler, I thought, was running a little bit hobbled late in that game, although I have no reason to think he won't play. There's a lot of wood to, to lay on the road. Again, the, the Cardinals at Detroit, the 13.5-point spread, 47.5 total if you're so inclined. Detroit, you know, are they just satisfied now? They got their win. They didn't do anything at Denver, and, and they're another team that had some COVID issues last week and some injuries, right? You know, no Swift, no Hawkinson, no Jamal Williams. Craig Reynolds out of nowhere was was their go-to back and actually looked pretty good. Yeah. What's your first thought on Arizona-Detroit? Uh, another injury report game for me and slash COVID list game for me. Like, I want to see who the Lions have. Like, if you're telling me that Hawkinson and or DeAndre Swift or just some of these depth guys come back, I'll feel more confident with the Lions. This is the one team out of that group that, that seriously has played pretty well all season. I, I expected to let down last week. I was on the Broncos. I figured, you know, you just won a Super Bowl. What are you going to do? You're really going to get up to play at Denver the next week? No, you're not. But this team has played hard all year. They, I mean, even in games they've gotten, there's been a couple of games they've just, the game's gotten away from them. They've gotten blown out. But I don't attribute that to effort necessarily. It's just they're not very good. So I think most weeks they're playing hard. It's going to be it's going to be a lot for Dan Campbell to get these guys playing hard the last four weeks. Now, you know, what's your motivation? We got to play for but 13 and a half at home is a lot. And this Cardinals team, there's two ways this could go. You could talk yourself into either one and it's going to be confirmation bias either way. The Cardinals upset that they lost a game they probably should have won that really kind of screwed up their season a little bit. Now they're a 3 seed in the NFC. They got a tough schedule coming up. Uh, you're looking at you, you went from you played three months as the best team in football. You lose one game, you're down to number three in the NFC looking up at Tampa Bay and Green Bay. Like, good luck. You're, you're really going to go on the road and win one week at Tampa Bay and the next week at Green Bay? I, I don't see anybody doing that. So the Cardinals really, really disappointing loss. Either 
you come back and you just beat the heck out of somebody, take out your frustration, or you're kind of let down a little bit. That was a huge game for them. That it's gonna be tough, I think, anyway, for Cliff to get that team ready. To how do you, how do you hey, let's go play this Lions team. They're really, really good, even though they're one eleven and one. Like don't don't underestimate them. Well, you can underestimate them. They're pretty bad. So I think this is. It's tough for me to assume the Cardinals are going to be fully motivated here. I the Lions are have played hard. I know that they don't have a lot of motivation, but 13 and a half is a lot, so I'll probably end up on the lines. I'll probably lean Detroit, too. If I gave you the free ticket, again, I apologize not having the numbers in front of me. Coach of the year, would you be more likely to put it on Belichick, put it on Cliff Kingsbury? Do you have another contender that you're interested in? How do you see that? There's one. I, look, if we're talking about odds, I haven't looked at the BetMGM odds today, but I don't. I wonder what Matt LaFleur is getting. Because at some point, I just wrote this for power. I saw that, yes. Yeah, it's like there's four coaches in NFL history who have a 70% win percentage. In the modern era, the number one guy is John Madden at 75.9%. Matt LaFleur is at 80. Nobody else has done this. Like, this is amazing. Like, the top guy is Guy Chamberlain, who is like a player coach for the Canton Bulldogs in the 20s. Everybody else is so far behind Matt LaFleur that at some point it's just, I get it. Aaron Rodgers, you inherited him. You, you, you kind of woke up on third base, thought you did a triple type of deal. But at some point, results play, and he's dealt with injury things. He's dealt with Aaron Rodgers situations, and all they keep doing is winning. If that team gets the number one seed, and let's say the Patriots don't, I think Belichick still wins it, but I think the voters are going to have to take a second look at Matt LaFleur and say, do we just discredit him completely because he has Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback? I don't think that's fair. I think LaFleur's record is very, very good. Very, it's It's actually shockingly good, and... I think he deserves some some consideration for that award, and I think he'll be. I, I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen the odds, but I'm sure it's much much higher than Belichick at this point. I remember the year I bet against Guy Chamberlain; it just killed me. <laughs> I just fading him every week. This can't continue. I mean, nobody yeah, wins eighty no. percent of the time in the NFL, and especially uh, as a player coaching Canton. You yeah, know, the that, Canton, that's a tough the Canton job. Bulldogs. I did not get the Canton Bulldogs right. Let's let's just accept that. And, <laughs> I believe we're in a league. I believe in our Chuck Muncie league. I think your team is a Canton Bulldog. Oh, I so love I love naming my teams after defunct teams. It's yeah, great. I love naming my fantasy leagues after guys like Chuck Muncie. Yeah, right. And one of my one of my basketball teams is the Anaheim Amigos. Go look there. There you up, go. You know. There you go. Yeah, Chuck Muncie should have won the nineteen seventy five Heisman, but Archie Griffin they wanted to give to him. Ohio State was number one that year. Um, how did you do in the Kevin Kaduck uh, Heisman poll, uh, Heisman quiz? I think I got five out of ten. I, I was about there, yeah. yeah. Maybe six. There were some that I was just uh, embarrassed to miss. Yeah. Shout out to our, our former colleague, Kevin Kaduck, good friend, obviously a, yes. a college buddy of yours. Uh, his his newsletter. Um, Midway Minute. Anybody, I, I'm Midway not a Minute, Chicago right? fan. In fact, from Wisconsin, I hate most Chicago teams, but I still read it because he does such a good job with it. Yeah, it's outstanding. And also on Sunday, he gives out props and uh, tied to the Bears oh, game. He hot, is smoking yeah. hot. Yeah, he, is, yeah. he is like the Jimmy Graham whisperer. If he tells you Jimmy Graham's going to score a touchdown, I want you to run to the window and bet it. So shout out to Kevin Kaduck in the Midway Minute, which is excellent. Uh, again, we worked with him at Yahoo for a bunch of years. He's a Wisconsin guy like Frank is. They're old friends and a really good guy. So I, I hope you get uh, some K-Duck in your life. It's a midway minute in your life. You don't have to be a Chicago fan. I'm not a Chicago fan either, but I'm, I'm a Kevin K-Duck fan. Right. Happy to give him a hit. How about the Cowboys and Giants uh, rematch? Cowboys won the first one pretty easily. Now they go to the Meadowlands. Giants are catching 10 and a half over under 44.5. Again, is Daniel Jones playing? I don't think he will, but uh, maybe he could get cleared by a specialist. He saw him Monday. I haven't seen any news of something has broken in the last couple hours. I missed it. 
Uh, not that Daniel Jones makes the biggest difference in the world, but he's better than Mike Lennon. And if if this is a Daniel Jones game, I I, I might take a look at the Giants. If it's not, I don't really see why. I, I just can't. Again, I, I'm going to keep coming back to this theme. I'm not necessarily saying put your mortgage payment on the Cowboys in this game just because the Giants have given up. But you have to know that there's a serious possibility that Giants could just be like, whatever, we're, we're down 24 zip at half. We don't really like Joe Judge. Mike Glennon's our freaking quarterback. What do you want us to do? What You want us to go cover 10 and a half? We can't do it. We're not that good. So I, I, I can't endorse any pick of the Giants right here. Maybe Daniel Jones plays because he is better than our other options. If he doesn't, there's no way in heck I'll be involved in, in the New York Giants business. I wonder if Judge is in trouble. Do you, do you think he's in any uh, danger? They say he'll be back. I think I, I read something Amara said he will be back. Uh, some, you know, back. This source said this about, and he probably will. I thought that they, I thought they did play hard for him late last year. It was a team that I was riding a lot, betting wise. And then he comes back this year, and it's just been a disaster. It has been really bad. So I think he, I, I think a third year is in order for him. Titans uh, on the road at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh currently a two-point underdog, another super low total, 41.5. Just hard to know what version of the Tennessee offense is going to be in uniform on Sunday. They, they don't really have any running backs right now. Maybe they'll get Derrick Henry back later in the season. And Pittsburgh's just such an up-and-down team, right? You, yeah. you watch Pittsburgh for the wrong hour, and they, they look like you would think they're the winless team, right? And then, you know, Ben Roethlisberger cramming, doing his term paper the night before. <laughs> I, I heard that. Quarter. I heard you say, I laughed out loud when he said that on a fantasy, the, the Monday podcast. I was like, that is the perfect explanation that he's just yeah, cramming everything into the fourth quarter like a college student. Yeah, my, my dog has obviously got a, a lot of feelings on this game. Maybe it's the Roethlisberger thing because he's barking here. Uh, what does the barking mean, Tennessee or Pittsburgh? I like Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I'm going to be stubborn. It's one of the leaks in my sometimes in my fantasy game, sometimes in my betting, that I will just get stubborn. And I've been stubborn on the Steelers saying, I like this team. I think they battle usually, not in the first three quarters against Minnesota, but they came back, right? Like that was impressive for them to put together that quarter. Uh, I, I will be checking, again, I hate to keep saying this, but you have to. TJ Watt is maybe the most valuable defensive player in the league. So if he's out, that that might change my math. If he plays, I feel pretty good about the Steelers here. I'll be on a money line. I'll be, be on a plus two. I just think that I think that the Titans are just so limited offensively. And we saw, like, Julio Jones came back last week, and I had a couple of fantasy leagues where I had to throw him in. Like, I just, I got no options. I got to try you, Julio. And he was, like, four catches, 34 yards. And it's like, okay, that, that's who Julio is at this point in his career. He's, he's probably cooked. Like, he's, you know, he's just not going to happen for him anymore. So where does their offense come from? And... I know Steelers defense has been struggling, but I still don't think the Titans offense can get over on them. So Steelers at home in a desperate spot. The Titans aren't desperate at all. I don't really know what they're playing for. They're going to beat the Colts in the division. There's, there's really no question about that. Uh, I think that I think Steelers are a good player. I think that they're they might be my number one play of the week, actually. Yeah, I got to give a nod to Tomlin, at least getting his team to show up. And again, at, at times they've looked awful. Um, it was miraculous they found a way to beat Baltimore. Miraculous they got back into that Minnesota game. But my respect for Tomlin has me siding with Pittsburgh. Uh, the Texans, the Jaguars, uh, NFL <laughs> signature game of the week. The Jag for some reason the Jags are three and a half point favorites. I, I I'll tell you what. I'll bet against Urban Meyer. If you're going to give me points and let me bet against Urban Meyer, I'm happy to do it. The total is 39 and a half. Man, is that a low total? I don't think Davis Mills has looked that bad. Right. I, I, look, is, is he going to be an NFL you know starter for five, 10 years? I, I don't know. Probably not. I mean, the odds are against any journeyman kind of making it. But 
at least we're getting a chance to see him play. I think he makes Brandon Cooks relevant for fantasy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be on the Texans in this game. What say you? Yeah, maybe Nico Collins, too, had a nice game sure. last week. And I'm, I was looking at him in a deep league. I, I'll say, I, I have to say this. It sounds hot takey, but I think it's it bears out. If you're taking Davis Mills and Trevor Lawrence and saying, who's had the two best games among these guys all season? It's, it's Davis Mills. It's Mills. Sure. The one against the Patriots won last week. Trevor Lawrence is just backsliding like crazy. Like, he looks bad right now. And I look, I get it. He's It's kind of the whole, like, Darnell Adam Gase thing where you're like, well, what, what can he do? He's with this terrible coaching staff. I get that. I think Trevor Lawrence will probably be fine if they fire everybody at the end of the year. It's a toxic environment. But the fact is that this is what we got this week. And the Jaguars minus three and a half is crazy to me. I, I just... I, look again. <laughs> am I excited to bet the, tie, the the Houston Texans in this game? No, they're a really, really bad football team. But at this moment, at this point, Davis Mills might be the better quarterback. As we sit here on you know, mid December two thousand twenty one, who would you have more faith in, Davis Mills or Trevor Lawrence? And it's probably Davis Mills. As sad as that is, just because of the the environment around both of these guys. Yeah, I have to take the Texans. The Jaguars minus three and a half is just insulting at this point. Like that's a Bad, bad, bad football team. As, as poorly coached as any I've ever seen. One that, you know, everybody's checked out. Everybody hates, obviously, the head coach from that story that came out last week. The assistants seem to hate him, too. How are the Jaguars going to cover three and a half points here? They're, they're an absolute train wreck. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to be an incompetent coach, to be an overmatched coach, uh, to, to just be things not working out. But, I mean, Meyer has been so antagonistic. And the mood in that locker room has to be so bad. He's almost like a substitute teacher now where the kids know they can get away with anything because he's not going to be there tomorrow, you know? You they're think but Shad Khan is asleep at the wheel? Like what? All the reports are like, oh, Shad Khan's not going to make a move. Like, what? what? Are you watching any of these games, Shad? Please, this is a cry from me to you. Please, we don't want to waste Trevor Lawrence's career. This is no. sad to watch. No, we really don't want to see it wasted. Uh, so at Houston, certainly the pick for me, the final game, well, this game maybe shouldn't be buried in the bottom of the, of the rundown, but here it is. The Falcons, um, playoff contending Falcons, are headed yeah. to San Francisco where the Niners have become kind of a trendy team of late. San Francisco's eight-and-a-half-point favorites. The total is 46. What's your lean, Atlanta, San Francisco? It just seems like too many points. Not that I'm really excited for the Falcons or anything they've done. And I do like the 49ers. I think when they have Kittle and Debo on the field at the same time, uh, they're good. And I'll Maybe throw this Mitchell question back to you. Too. Yeah, yeah. And I'll throw this question to you because I couldn't come up with a decent answer when I asked Charles the other night. Has there ever been a good team whose foundation player is a tight end? Like maybe you could say like the 2001, 2002 era Chiefs, but they had Priest Holmes and, you know, I mean, they were pretty good other other spots. The 49ers key player by far is George Kittle in my mind. And I can't remember, look, if you're building around a tight end, if your tight end is your focal point, you're usually like 2-13. and 13. But this is a team that's going to make the playoffs, going to make some noise. George Kittle's an incredible player. He's been absolutely on fire. I know you tried to hustle him from me in, in one of our leagues for Jared Goff, I believe it was. And I'm glad I I'm glad I hit the reject button on that, Scott. I'm glad because <laughs> George Kittle is awesome. Sure, there was and, and I... I yeah, I'm sure it was. And because uh, I was desperate at quarterback, I had no quarterbacks that week. So, I, you know, you, I'm your friend, Scott. You shouldn't be trying to rob <laughs> me like that. But anyway, anyway, um, yeah, George Kittle is amazing. I, I hate almost going against the 49ers because I really do believe in this team, but just eight and a half a little too many for me. Yeah, I don't trust the Falcons, but I think it's too many points. 
as well. Um, as far as your tight end question, I, maybe maybe one of the Browns teams with Ozzie Newsom. Maybe. Mm, yeah, w- yeah. Or Cal- I mean, even, but even like the Kellen Winslow teams and the Chargers was like, well, yeah, they had other guys, Coriel, like, yeah, Char- good receivers. Yeah. Like, there's no question if you're if you're saying who's the best player. I mean, I guess Debo's up there. Debo's a great player too. Don't get me wrong, but I think it'd almost be unanimous, and you have to say. George Kittle's the best player in San Francisco 49ers. I, I guess I'm, I'm probably shortchanging Debo there, but I just find the whole dynamic kind of weird and, and fun and awesome that the best player on a really, really good team is a tight end, and he deserves those kudos because he he's also like fantastic. the emotional soul yes, and yes. epicenter. And, team, you know, right? I, he sets a tone for them in, in a run game. I mean, he blocks his butt off. Like, I mean, nothing against Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews or anybody like that, but those guys ain't blocking like George Kittle. Like, he gets after it, and I think he sets a tone for that team. I, I think he's he's just one of the most fun players to watch. If you're telling me who are the 10 most enjoyable players to watch in the league, uh, George Kittle makes that list for me. He's he's really, really great. Yeah. Actually, Debo might make that yeah. list for me, too. He's so good, too. Yeah, he, I mean, they didn't even really use him last week, and they went on the road at since He had the big touchdown, but he wasn't a huge part of their game plan. It just seems like, you know, that's a team. Look, I, it's it's a team you don't want to face in January, really. Like, it's one of those underdogs are going to be catching five points at the Cardinals or whatever, and they're going to go, and they're going to run it 40 times, and they're going to control the time of possession, and Kittle and Debo are going to make a couple huge plays. Maybe even Ayuk does. And if they don't turn it, Jimmy doesn't turn it over, that's the kind of team that could could upset the apple cart. And all of a sudden, instead of some fun final four, the Cowboys, Cardinals, Bucks, and Packers, we're like, wow, how did the 49ers crash this party? It's funny. I don't have faith that the Niners can do that three weeks in a row, but I think they could right. beat anybody in a one-shot deal for yep. sure. Absolutely. With, with Absolutely. The, the pieces they have. So I'll sign off on that as well. Uh, too long, didn't listen. Let's give the people some conviction plays, Frank. Who are uh, a couple of the sides, two or three sides that you're banging the table for right now? And I realize a very unusual week, but uh, where are your strongest picks as we sit right now? Uh, definitely Steelers. I- I'll be on them. But again, I want to see TJ Watt. And again, this is this is the problem with doing an early week podcast. It's our first look. Is that I, my, my mind change when I see these injury reports come out, especially this week. This is, and for the rest of the season, basically, keep an eye on those injury reports. If TJ plays, so I really like the Steelers. Uh, depending on who comes back for the Lions, I might be on them. I, I really, it just seems like way, way too many points. And then going down, I, I do like the Bengals, as I said before, I'm being really stubborn with them, thinking they're a good team when, who knows, maybe they're, they just fooled me with a couple of good games. Washington's another one I really like. Uh, and I'll probably Colts. I'll, I'll probably put the Colts on that list too, just saying. I, I think that it's, you know, it's not, it, they're not, the Patriots aren't due for a loss. I don't necessarily believe in that, but I just think this Colts team matches up well. I scrolled down Cincinnati because I just think they have more upside than Denver. We'll see if that plays out on game day with the COVID situation. Again, I, I feel kind of gross even saying this. I have to be on Vegas just with the mess of Cleveland. There's going to be down so right. much personnel. Yeah, you're right. I'm get Raiders are another one, yeah. Well, I can. And um, if you're going to give me points to bet against Urban Meyer, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it today. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'll do it as many <laughs> times as you let me. Uh, for more betting advice, by the way, across all of various sports, I want you to be sure to subscribe to the Yahoo Sportsbook Daily on your podcast platform of choice. You need more Frank Schwab in your life. If you want to get social with us, you're welcome to do that. I'm Scott underscore Pianowski, Yahoo Schwab. We'll get you in touch with Frank. And of course, all your fantasy news analysis and you know all the fun stuff that we do at Yahoo Fantasy. You want to follow us there. And look, it's the holiday season. Something you don't want to miss is Yahoo Daily Fantasy is hosting the 12 Days of Winning Celebration, the special holiday contest and offerings leading up to Christmas weekend. It's our gift to you, the user. Why not get some free money? A little uh, holiday cheer under the tree. 
the Yahoo Daily Fantasy 12 Days of Winning. Want to see you as one of those winners. Get out in the lobby today and check out what's going on. Matt Dalton will be back tomorrow for Stat Nerd Thursday. Pocket protector required and a preview of that Chiefs Chargers showdown. Until then, straight cash home, cash some tickets. We are out. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.